0: Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas or on hitthatline.com. You can also visit that website for all type of articles, podcasts, videos, whatever you want dealing with Razorback content. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Com. We're going to be joined by Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio here in just a second. Really look forward to him. Always talking a little bit of Razorbacks, and it's always a lot of fun. And we're going to get into that, some college football as well. I mean, the possibilities are endless anytime I have Aaron Torres on. You never know how it's going to go. And we'll get into that here in just a second. But first, though, folks, we all love nights out. We all love enjoying ourselves at concerts and at sporting events or shows, whatever it is. We love enjoying it. But we also have to buy tickets for it. And with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets and all the live events that you want to go to. And you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. So, go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKED ON. That's promo code LOCKED ON for $20 off your order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter promo code LOCKED ON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Mega memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event.
1: You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.
0: All right, moving along in the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, we're going to welcome in a very special guest, Aaron Torres, here in just a second. But first, folks, we know we all love college football. We all love watching college football. And if you want to watch it, there's really only one way to do it, and that is with Sling TV. I personally use Sling TV. I'm able to watch it not only on my big screen television, but also on all my mobile devices, my iPhone, my iPad. I can even do it on my laptop. And the best thing about it is I don't have to pay for 20 channels that I'll never watch. I can just get ESPN Networks. Pac-12 Network, SEC network, whatever it is, whatever college football is on, I can do it with Sling TV for only $30 a month. They, they give you not only the live TV that you love, only better, no useless channels, no long-term contracts, and no hidden fees. You can also cancel at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Now, this is only for you locked on Razorbacks listeners. For a seven-day free trial, just go to Sling.com slash locked on. That's slin slash locked on. Go it out. Try it out. See what you think. Let me know. I'm sure you won't regret it. And I know we all love college football. That's the best way to do it. Again, sling.com slash locked on as we welcome in my boy Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio. Also does some stuff with The Athletic and a good friend of mine and always a wealth of information is joining us on the podcast. Aaron, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How you doing today, man? I am doing well, John. Good to hear from you. How you been, man? How's life? Well, it's uh, it's okay. You know, when you're having to cover a two and six football team that uh, has gotten uh, a lot of grief and f- for uh, a lot of different reasons, when you're losing to North Texas and Colorado State and Ole Miss in the way that they do it, it can be tough at sometimes. And uh, there's a lot of hopefulness. And I know you're a guy that uh, I guess you're the adopted Razorback fan by many of the fans here. You're always rooting on for the Hogs. So just since I haven't had you on since. Started, man. It's, it's been a rough one for the Razorbacks. There's no doubt about it.
1: Well, listen. First of all, our Hogs are on a one-game winning streak here, John. Let's That's go. right. Come on, glasses have <laughs> full. Come That's on.
0: It's the best way to look um, at it, man.
1: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm trying to be positive. You know, I will say, look. I mean, obviously, the, the two and six record is the bottom line, and coaches are judged on wins and losses. But like, I, I, I would think that for the most part, you know, things have I guess gotten better. I mean, you mentioned the Colorado State game, blowing that massive lead on the road, and you know, early in the season, following it up with that disappointing North Texas game. You know, I went on your uh, radio station and one of the other shows and said that I thought Arkansas was going to win, and obviously they didn't. In uh, you know, one of the most lopsided results possible. But you know, look, the A and M game was close. The Bama game, there were signs, there were moments. As you mentioned, Ole Miss not the way you want things to go. But I feel like, considering the mess that that Chad Morris inherited, considering quarterback uncertainty, injuries, everything that's happened with this team, you know, I'm not saying that that it's acceptable what has happened. But I think we also it's easy to forget, John. Like this team went. Uh, they, they went winless in the SEC. Or what was it, one win or zero last year? I, I get them in uh, Tennessee confused. They go w- one yeah, win, right?
0: Yeah, just one win against Ole Miss.
1: Okay, that's right. Tennessee went winless in the SEC. I get those two of them confused, but like they they had one win in the SEC last year. And I think. Look, the, the Brett Bielema era, it crashed, it burned. But I think people still think of this program maybe from the outside. I don't know how you guys feel in Little Rock and Fayetteville and across the state, but they feel like they're the team that was the seven and five, eight and five kind of team under Bielema. And that's not the team that Chad Morris inherited. So I know you want better results. I know you expect better results. But, but, but you know, I, I just think that, that I don't think a lot of people remember just how bad this thing was when Chad Morris took over last December.
0: Well, and another thing that's at least adding some excitement for Razorback fans, or at least something to look forward to, is obviously Chad Morris is doing a pretty good job in the recruiting front as of right now. He's on pace to sign one of the best recruiting classes Arkansas has ever had, but he's also trying to get former Clemson quarterback... Kelly Bryant on the roster. He's a graduate transfer, only would have him for one year. Took a visit over this past weekend, and everybody was just infatuated by that. And and here's the thing, Aaron, and I don't know if you've seen it, but it just seems so weird to me where we're sitting here in the middle of the season and there's a graduate transfer that actually played a game this season for Clemson, (laughs) and he's in the stands at the Razorback Stadium, and the camera's on him, and everyone's talking about him and how he can come in, and it just feels like it's a really weird situation, but it it's the one that Arkansas is in. Obviously, they want him, but I, I just I am not used to this, and I'm not used to anybody making a big deal out of some pro- possible transfer coming in right away and sitting in the stands in the middle of the season.
1: Well, you know, I I do think that across football and basketball, the the transfer stuff has just picked up exponentially over the last two or three years. I mean, you look across college football, Joe Burrow, obviously uh, a grad transfer at LSU. Uh, A number of other programs have grad transfers somewhere on their roster. A lot of, uh, you know, older transfer-type quarterbacks. I mean, look, you know, Baker Mayfield, last year's Heisman Trophy winner, was a transfer. Kyler Murray, uh, who is a potential Heisman Trophy, winner this year was a transfer but i do agree that it is weird because not only is kelly bryant high profile but he was literally on the field like three weeks ago <laughs> but I, I also think that's why arkansas fans have reason to be excited because this was a guy that led a team to the college football playoff last year and you can argue you know how much of it was kelly bryant but in the inverse, the game that he got hurt last year against Syracuse was the game that Clemson crashed and burned. By the way, this year at Texas A&M, Kyle Field, the team that Arkansas fans are very familiar with, in a game that Clemson needed you know, good quarterback play to win that game, they didn't turn to Trevor Lawrence, the five-star can't-miss kid, they turned to Kelly Bryant late, and so It is weird, I I still think, and I've said this on every radio show and my own podcast, I don't think that Dabo, Dabo Sweeney did right by the kid, but I don't think he did right by his football program. Now, I know Trevor Lawrence looked a lot better This past week against NC State, but I still think this kid Kelly Bryant has a lot to give. I think he would be helping Clemson right now if he was still there, but the point kind of remains that Kelly Bryant is a stud, and I understand why a lot of programs are excited about the possibility of bringing in Kelly Bryant, none more so than Arkansas
0: let's talk a little bit about the sec when i'm looking at the alabama crimson tide i see a team that is unstoppable i see a team that doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon now granted they haven't been tested in the way that maybe some people are waiting for them to be of course they'll be playing lsu in a couple of weeks i know that's going to be the big game everyone's watching but you've watched a lot of college football you've seen a lot of teams and of course uh, some people are trying to compare this team than that team and whatever but how as far as the all-time teams rank and there's still a lot of season left but just what you've seen from Alabama so far where could this team rank all time if they keep going on this on this trail that they're going to straight to the national championship I mean how good can they rank among your all-time teams that you've witnessed
1: well I still think that the the early 2000s Miami teams are the gold standard and in 2001 um, when you have I mean, we all know the names, Ed Reed, Jeremy Shockey, Andre Johnson, Jonathan Vilma, Vince Wilfork, you go on and on down the list. The best team, the best analogy that I've made, John, and I know you're an SEC football historian like I am, Mm -hmm. the only team that I can remember like this this Alabama team is that 08 Florida team with Tim Tebow, Percy Harvin, Aaron Hernandez, Brandon Spikes. And what that team was – was a team that had arguably the best defense in college football. Now, you Alabama probably isn't the best defense this year, but let's be honest, when they need to turn things up, they can turn things up. Uh, I know they had a couple bad afternoons, ironically one against Arkansas, but it's Nick Saban, it's Alabama. They can turn things up when they need to. But they also have an offense that can seemingly score on every single play. And the only time I can ever say that I've really seen that in college football was with that Florida team. I mean, we've seen great offenses and limited defenses that Matt, uh, Matt Leiner, Pete, Pete Carroll, Reggie Bush, USC run. We've seen great defenses, those Miami teams with limited offenses. But to have arguably one of the two or three best defenses with an offense that can score on every possession, it really does just remind me of that Florida team with Tim Tebow. And, and for those that remember – I mean, that was an offense that every guy that touched the ball could take it 70 yards to the house, whether it was Percy Harvin, Chris Rainey, uh, Jeff Demps, Aaron Hernandez, Lewis Murphy, Riley Cooper. I mean, those names right there kind of say it all. That's the only comparison I can make. Now, now you bring up the point that Alabama hasn't been tested. John, I look across college football – Outside of LSU, one, there's nobody obviously on the schedule, but even outside of the SEC, I don't know who those teams are. Clemson, I I still got to see a couple more weeks out of Trevor Lawrence before I really believe that they're a threat to Alabama. Uh, Ohio State's a mess. Michigan is good defensively. I don't think offensively they would be able to move the ball against this Crimson Tide team, certainly not enough to, to beat Alabama even if they limited them. So it's ironic that that people are sitting here saying they haven't been tested yet. I don't know who that team is. I really don't see that team out there. And I think Vegas agrees with me because I look at these point spreads that Vegas puts out, and Alabama is just about a a double-digit favorite against everybody in college football, including those elite teams, Clemson, Michigan, Ohio State, whoever you deem, again, to be elite.
0: Speaking with Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio right now on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Aaron, another thing that I brought up in yesterday's podcast, and I think you're on the same page with me, is about this uh, UCF athletic director, Danny White, coming out and defending Ah. his program. I have to get uh, this topic in with you because I said on the podcast yesterday that I feel it's unfair. Now, and people can make fun of me for all that, but I feel it's unfair that in college football, because there's no other league in FCS or NFL or high school or even in basketball or baseball, it doesn't matter the sport or league. College football in the FBS is the only league where a team can go undefeated and not have a chance, not have an opportunity to play for the national title. I feel like that makes zero sense. Where are you on the playoff deal with UCF or a team like UCF, and do you feel like there can be some adjustments made to make sure that teams that go undefeated in FBS at least get a chance to play for the title?
1: Yeah, John, I'm glad you brought this up. This is a topic I've been really hot on the last couple of days. We talked about it. I do the the kind of post-game radio show on Fox Sports Radio every Saturday night. And I'll say this, is that I'm not a huge advocate for expanding the playoffs. I think most years we have trouble getting the four teams that we feel really good about, let alone making it six or eight. But the one hole in my argument, is what do you do with an undefeated, non-Power 5 group of six team? And it's funny because one of the guys that works at Fox Sports Radio, he lives in San Diego, he covers San Diego State, and for a while there, probably about eight, nine weeks last year, they themselves were undefeated, and we would get into this argument all the time. And it doesn't make sense. This is This is, as you said, it's competitive athletics, and the bottom line is, is that if you win every game, and you can argue about how good Central Florida's uh, resume is, strength is mm-hmm. schedule, As of right now, they haven't beaten a team with a winning record this year. I get that if you put them on a field, not only with Alabama, because I don't think anybody would beat Alabama, but it's hard to imagine them matching up with a Clemson, with a Michigan, whatever. But i like, I just feel like, at a certain point, I don't care what your competition level is. When you win 20 games in a row, basically over a 2 year calendar year stretch you deserve some recognition and so look i don't know where 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 central florida would be in my final four right now if the season ended today but i'm just saying as we come down the home stretch here we're now john you and i are recording here on october 23rd as we record there is not a single undefeated team in the big 10 there is not a single undefeated team in the big 12 the Pac-12, every team has at least one loss, and Washington State is the only one that has one loss. Everybody else has two or more. And so I, I don't know where Central Florida is going to be at the end of the year. But, I mean, if we're looking at, at a Big 12 champ and a Pac-12 champ and all these conferences with two- and three-loss teams, I just think at a certain point we got to get Central Florida into the conversation. Now, they still have their toughest games ahead, Cincinnati, South Florida. I know those don't sound too sexy on paper to the average college football fan, the average Arkansas fan listening, but those are good teams. I don't think the Central Florida team is as good as it was last year, but I also just think, like I said, at a certain point, you just got to look at a team and say they've won 20 games in a row. Like we gotta, we got to show them some respect and at least put them in the conversation. I know I've said it a few times. I'm not saying if if I had to pick a Final Four right now, they would be there. Heck, I'd probably have some one-loss teams like LSU and Michigan ahead of them. But if we come down the stretch and they're still undefeated, I think they deserve to be in the conversation.
0: I couldn't agree more, man. And speaking of the college football playoff, I think this is a fascinating question. We discussed a little bit on my show this morning. But uh, with the SEC, obviously Alabama is leading the pack not only in the conference, but in the country. And it, there's a lot of things that have to transpire, but you're looking at it right now as far as what the SEC itself looks like. you got Alabama and then four other teams with only one loss with LSU, Kentucky, Florida, and Georgia. Now obviously some of those teams will probably get knocked off, uh, maneuver around, but Last year, we saw an all-SEC national title game, which ended up being a fantastic game, and I don't think anyone was upset by that. But if there ends up being another national championship game where two SEC teams get in, which could be very possible, does is, is that make it good for the sport? Is it only based on if it's a good game or not? Because back-to-back years of all-SEC, you can't help it because they play the games and they have the playoff, but do you think overall that's good for college football to see it to where you continue to have the same teams from the same conference playing in the national championship game every year?
1: I don't know about SEC versus SEC, but but I'll tell you this, John, is that we are now entering year five in the playoff. So, year, so four years in, we've had four different playoffs, 16 teams total qualify for the playoff. Of those 16 teams, 11 of those spots have been taken up by Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, or Oklahoma. All those teams have at least two bids, uh, and Clemson, Alabama have three, Alabama has four. So I just think that it, it would be good for the sport, and it doesn't have to be Central Florida, but whether it's Michigan, whether it's Notre Dame, whether it's in an inconceivable world, Texas or West Virginia. I do think it will be good to get some new blood in there. I think it would be great for Notre Dame to be in there. I think it would be great for Harbaugh to be in there. I think it would be great if Coach O and LSU hmm. got in. I think it would be a phenomenal story. But I do think that we're getting to this point, and it's interesting. I don't know if you've ever had Tim Brando on either this podcast or your radio show, but he's a good friend of mine from, from you know my experience at Fox. And he brought up this point before the start of the season. Is He said – you know you look at you look at everybody's resume it was hard to imagine a scenario where Alabama and Clemson weren't in the playoff, and, and it was very easy pre-Urban Meyer suspension to see Ohio state as the favorite in the big 10. Now things changed. There was off the field drama. We know what's happened since, but he brought up this point in August and I give him credit because it really does feel like when you're going into a season, no different than the NBA, when you're going in the season and, and you can pick three or four teams and nobody else can compete with them. I don't know if it's a good thing, and I don't think it would be a good thing if we ended up with a playoff where Alabama wins the SEC, Clemson wins the ACC, Ohio State wins the Big Ten, and then you get some other familiar team, whether it's Oklahoma, Georgia, whoever. I think, I think we need some change. I think we need some shakeup. As I said, whether it's Michigan, Notre Dame, LSU, whoever it is, I think that is probably what would be best for the sport going forward.
0: Last one before I let you get out of here, man. We got to talk a little college basketball. I know hoops are coming up, man. We're both big fans of college basketball. Uh, I don't have to get into really specifics, but you've been big on the SEC train saying that it's making a surge to being one of the better conferences, even though it was for a long time had a stereotype of being such an awful basketball conference. But I'm telling you, man, Aaron, I look around at the coaches in this conference, and you look at the coaches in, in SEC football, Just based on name alone, the basketball names may be there more so than the football, and I think that that's one of the big reasons why SEC basketball is really up their game, and I feel like it's going to happen again this year.
1: No doubt about it, John. I mean, I think you can make a parallel right now to what's going on in the Big Ten in football. I mean, it used to be Ohio State, maybe Michigan, And 10, 12 teams that just were not competitive. Now, all of a sudden, you look around, Jeff Braum at Purdue, it's like, how scary is that guy? Scott Frost, you know he's going to get things going at Nebraska eventually. Iowa can be competitive. Um, Penn State has made an upgrade. Michigan State over the past eight, ten years has has improved. And you look around and you just look at the coaches in that conference and you say, where is there an easy game? I mean, what look at look at Illinois is the probably the second worst team in that league. They're coached by a guy that's coached in the Super Bowl, Lovie Smith. And nobody talks about that because, I mean, probably because he's been a disaster, but that's neither here nor there. But the point is, is like, there's great coaches across the board, and I think it's the exact same in the SEC, where you look at everybody in this league. It's hard to find many teams that over the past four or five years, if they've made a coaching change, haven't made a significant upgrade. Auburn with Bruce Pearl, Mississippi State, Ben Howland, who, who went to three Final Fours at UCLA, LSU with Will Wade, if he can hang on here based on what we hear out of this FBI trial. You, Frank Martin at South Carolina, Rick Barnes at Tennessee. You go on and on down the list, it has just made for an unbelievably competitive league. Last year we saw a record eight teams get in the tournament Coming by the way, that I predicted in the preseason, no big deal. Um, and this year, I think it's going to be seven or eight again. And this is a conference that 2015, I mean, we're talking about recent history, had three NCAA tournament teams. Now we're looking at a year again in 2019 where we could have half the league. It's just incredible to think about how fast this thing has turned around.
0: Should make it a lot more enjoyable. I know for SEC fans because they uh, they love their football, they love their baseball, they love pretty much every sport. But basketball, they've been really waiting for something to be excited about, and it looks yep. like it is coming. It's not just Kentucky anymore, man. They actually got some other teams in this conference that can be really competitive, and that's and that should make it exciting. We got to get you down here for a game, though, man. We got to get you to Fayetteville for it.
1: We always we say it every year, John, and I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> we got to, you know. You're a big wig over there in the in the Little Rock Fayetteville community. Find me a sponsor. I'll come down. I'll do a I'll do a live remote with you. There's got to be somebody that wants a piece of Aaron Torres. I mean, wants to be part of the Aaron Torres experience. I mean, we got to find somebody, right?
0: Yeah, I f- feel like there's you know there's a Hooters. I mean, you, you can you could probably fit in right there with the Hooters people, and we can get them sponsored on here or something love like that. To be sponsored by a Hooters? Are you kidding me? That's like a, a
1: that's that's a, that, that's every sports writer's dream. And you know, I'm better than most of those sports writers out there anyway so yeah is there a Fayetteville Hooters is there a Little Rock Hooters let's get me down for a big game I'm down
0: yeah let's make it happen man I'll work on it for you that's for sure we'll take care of it man well Aaron Torres appreciate you joining me man of Fox Sports Radio it's always a lot of fun I know we're going to be catching up once college basketball gets in the full swing my man and it's always good to have you on appreciate it
1: anytime you need me John my pleasure man Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks
0: podcast. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play, where you're also on Spotify, which I know is something that's really enjoyable. You can get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors. You can also do it the same way on Instagram, where I'm always putting up great content there. You can also go to my Facebook page. There's just, it's, listen, I'm on social media, so just check it out, okay? And if you have any problems with me, if you tell me I'm ugly, or if you tell me how much you hate this podcast, well, screw you too. But either way, I appreciate everybody listening in, as always. Hit me up on there. If there's any questions, comments, concerns, I'll make sure they get answered on this podcast. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great night, everybody. We will see you then.
1: You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.